101 podcast. My name is Monica Holland. I'm a certified GAPS coach and nutritional therapist. And thank you so much for joining me. I'm here to interview health experts, share healing stories, provide practical tips, and answer your questions to help you on your healing journey. This is part two of our podcast about constipation. Uh, together with a fellow GAPS coach, Chris, uh, we are exploring this very needed subject. So in part one, we explored constipation, root causes, and we shared lots of practical remedies. So please listen to it as there is a lot of valuable information. And um, please note, the answer to these questions are intended to be for information purposes only. It should not replace any medical advice from your healthcare practitioner. Now, off to answering the questions from How to Gaps community members. Chris, are you ready? Yes, I am. Hello, everybody. Let's get some questions answered. Amazing, amazing. Okay, so the first question is from Andy. Uh, Andy says, why am I constipated on GAPS and I, and I had never had that problem before? Well, yeah, that's a common occurrence. Andy probably went from, a, you know, a large variety of foods and probably started jumping into stage one, two and three. And that can happen. Why? Because if if people spend some time in the first stages of intra-diet, uh, that's where the fiber is removed to allow the gut to heal and seal. And, you know, and, and the wall of the intestine needs some time to heal in there. It can slow down the go if the person was used to a higher fiber content diet. So that can happen. It's not a surprise. And uh, the, the, there is another aspect I just wanted to add, uh, Andy, that quite often, you know, when we when we remove carbs, um, it actually causes more dehydration in the colon because usually carbs, they hydrate and they hold onto the water. So the moment you remove them, you just get more dehydration in your colon as well. And that's that's uh, one of the reasons why. Uh, even if you haven't been constipated previously, and then you start gaps and you start uh, being constipated. Yeah, yeah, that can happen. You know those people who are used to having the oatmeal every morning? They're like, oh, oatmeal makes me go. That's the reason, because they hold on, yeah. it holds on to water. And really, it does help flush other things. But in gaps, that oatmeal also feeds uh, yeast and other pathogenic bacteria. That's why we remove it first. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. We look into a long-term solutions, not quick yes. fixes with, with gaps. Mm-hmm. And the next question is from Maria. Uh, I'm on stage two and still have problems with constipations. I don't have any other symptoms. Should I move to stage three? Yes, you stayed in stage two a few days. Um, your digestive symptoms are not severe. Absolutely, move on to stage three. And if you don't have any other problem, uh, you know, that stage two and three address and heal, keep on moving towards more food diversity. Um, remember, staying in stage two for too long is f- good for certain cases, but it's not necessary if you don't have severe symptoms. Uh, the next question is actually from Monica. Uh, so Monica asked, like, what foods uh, trigger constipation? In gaps, okay, so that I know about that because <laughs> remember I worked through that through those motions. High protein dairy like yogurt, kefir, fresh cheeses. You know we can make cheese from kefir, right? Oh, I mm. use that it's so oh, good. I love it so much. Yes, 
So those high protein dairies are not good for you. They constipate you. So try to avoid them if you are a little constipated at the beginning of your GAPS journey. And oh my gosh, it's um, really sad for me because I love yogurt. I love kefir and I had to cut back on it a lot. So, yeah, bread can cause constipation, but of course, we don't eat that during gaps. But, you know, so many people who let's let's talk about people who try other solutions outside gaps when they say like, oh, I'm on a gluten free diet and I have become more regular. Well, yes, because wheat is a constipator. Bread is a constipator. Starches Mm. like rice, they slow down the poo train. So too, it's too much gum happening down there and it sticks everywhere. Needless, needless to say, all processed foods come with a free serving of constipation. So those are the main things that trigger constipation in the foods, food department. And what was the biggest trigger for you, Chris, like food wise? It was um, bananas and yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> bananas, yogurt and bread. I used to love to have my breakfast like that, slice a banana with yogurt and, you know, have some bread. And that was a big constipator for me. I had to let that go. It was sad. I love bananas, but they don't love me. Well, I, I suppose as soon as your uh, yeast goes, you can, you, can, you can start consuming bananas and enjoying them. And, um, yeah. Later on, yeah. I still have some healing to do. So let's wait a little bit more and looking forward to that day absolutely um another question is from thomas and thomas is asking what testing is appropriate to evaluate constipation Uh, well if you want to get technical and you want to have a test done to evaluate constipation um x-rays and mri scans can do that if you want to get really high tech Uh, My mom, when I was little, she would give me like a spoonful of papaya seeds and she like, oh, put this in your yogurt or with your fruit and don't chew them, just swallow them and count in how many days will they show show up in the toilet. That was our way to assess (laughs) Mm. constipation. But yes, um, blood tests can be done. Um, bear in mind that any blood, fecal, microbe tests are not fully accurate as they are limited to what they test, you know. But evaluate your daily movement for shape, smell, consistency, feeling empty, it, you know, feeling satisfied once you go and so on. And um, listen to the part one of the podcast again. We, we explore that a lot about how do you know if you're constipated? One of the things when I remember, um, there was a time when I felt uh, that I'm very regular and I was going to the toilet every single day and the shape was good, the texture was good, it wasn't too smelly. Um, so I felt like, oh good, I'm in a remission, Crohn's remission and I, everything is fine. But I've actually never felt emptied. I've always felt that there is something there. And... And only after, you know, after doing GAPS, after doing enemas, after doing castor oil packs, after doing any, like many, many other remedies. I do remember on one day um, when I felt that my 
whole gut is totally empty. And it was one of the most wonderful and at the same time weird feeling uh, that it freaked me out. But one of the things I could actually suck my tummy in so deeply that I felt that my my that my top part of the stomach is actually t- touching my backbone because everything was so empty there. Um, and that feeling of emptiness was a good indicator for me uh, that I am not longer chronically constipated. And I was like, yeah, my I have a big celebrate celebration dance around my living room I was so 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 happy that's nice nice to hear that yeah Mm. so assessing constipation again um I repeat I said that in podcast part one get in touch with yourself with your body you will know you will feel you will get the answers once you tap into your innermost wise feelings um, the next question we've got from Edith, um, I've heard contradicting information about dairy and constipation. Some say it makes it wor- worse, some that it resolves it. Did you say dairy? Yeah. 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 Dairy, high protein dairy, like I said before, is suggested for people who uh, is not suggested for people with constipation, but high fat dairy. Yes. So. Don't um, avoid kefir and yogurt and eat more sour cream. Ferment your own sour cream at home for 24 hours and that is better. And But if your bio is not functioning well and you're not able to digest fats, you might have to avoid that for a little bit too until your bio gets flowing again and starts working again. But generically speaking, high-fat diet, uh, dairy is better than high protein dairy. Um, the next question is from Abel. Um, what about the situation where you are constipated for several days and then you are hit by a diarrhea for a day or two and then back being constipated? Oh, that's a good question. We, we've talked a bit about it uh, in part one, so please do listen to part one. But Chris, would you would you mind just giving some... Uh, insights. Yeah, you're constipated and diarrhea and then back to constipation. That's not a good predicament. Um, the food is probably being compacted in there. And then one day, you know, an overspew happens. We talked about the overspew. Uh, overspew is when there is accumulated dried up fecal matter in the walls and, you know, they coat the sides, leave a narrow passage for new and still diluted food to pass through that has not been formed yet as a poop. And that does not get properly digested or absorbed and it ends up running out as diarrhea. That could be the case. So I think you should follow um, the advices that we have on our Facebook group in the document about constipation solutions and try slowly try all of them um, little by little and see what works because you probably need to address constipation. Um, well, I, I, I remember that I, I just couldn't live with, with NMS and castor oil packs because that, that, that was a great combo um, 
which was helping with kind of dislodging that old compacted matter um, uh, from, uh, from, from the guts. Yeah, to me, that was done with animals too. It was impressive, mm. the first mm. animals I've done. And uh, you said that in the first part of the podcast, Monica, ribbon-like. Yeah. I, I had expelled, of course, the little balls that were very hard and very dark colored. They're very hard and so perfectly round. It was weird. It was like artificially created. And they were stuck in little crevices and they came out. It was such a relief. And I also had little box-shaped. Like little yeah. flat squares. That yeah. was so weird. It's like, how can somebody produce that? That's old compacted matter that was glued to the walls, inside intestines, sitting there, God knows for how long. Yeah, and those weird shapes, well, let's, let's just uh, give some insights to our listeners. It's because the, the, uh, the fresh poop coming through the old compacted matter, it's basically squeezes through that old compacted matter so it mm-hmm. has to push through it that's why you've got you've got that weird shape if you didn't have old compacted matter your poop would look like a perfectly formed sausage right yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um but we don't we talked about the the ideal shape and um how the poop looks like in part one um so we invite you to listen to that as well Okay, the next question is from Luna, and uh, Luna says, the only things which moves my bowels is magnesium oxide, but it causes pain in my stomach. Um, mm. Can you give me some advice on what could I do? Well, I would say try other solutions, Luna, because, yeah, magnesium oxide is allowed on GAPS, but Dr. Natasha recommends to take it sporadically. It's not a permanent solution. And... It's harsh in the stomach, it is. So if magnesium helps your bowels to move, try magnesium citrate and not the magnesium uh, oxide. That might be a better solution, but there are many other options. So again, look at the document we have. And the next question is from from Ella. Ella. Ella is asking about Senna. Is it safe to drink Senna on gaps? Yeah, Senna is a... Herbal remedy, it's a laxative, but it's also about irritant and it does not affect the microbiome positively as we wish it would. So from time to time, it's okay, but not daily. Um, and I think, you know, because it's a natural laxative, um, it, it will move your bowels, but uh, but I would like uh, you to revisit uh, podcast one because Chris was explaining the consequences of, uh, of extensive use of uh, laxative and what it does to your gut long term. Um, so mm-hmm. it's quite important to revisit uh, that part of the podcast because because although Senna is is a natural herbal remedy, um, so quite often we think oh if it's herbal or natural it's safe. Um, it's it's a big misconception because it could long term it could actually uh, do more do more harm um, than it does uh, help. Um, so the next question I've got is from Mila. Mila says um, my doctor told me I have a lazy colon and advised me to use laxatives. Oh, again laxatives here. Yeah. 
I heard that so many times. Like I said, that's that's all they could tell you. They don't know what to say other than that. Um, it's sad, but um, well, I cannot advise you against your medical doctor. Let's be clear about that. But let me explain what a lazy colon is and how laxatives work. It is usually you usually have a backed up colon that was you know that has compaction and it has become dependent on laxative. That's a lazy colon. Okay, so at that point, yes, your doctor will tell you to continue taking laxatives. But, you know, uh, the laxatives actually cause the lazy colon. So even when you have compaction and you become dependent on laxatives, that's not a solution. You know, and even the senna, like Monica just said, being natural, it will also inhibit peristalsis, which is that flowing motion wavy movement that intestine does to push waste forward even senna will inhibit that over time so we don't want to become dependent on laxatives if they are like chemical or if they are naturally based like senna so as we mentioned we can't give any advice or commentary on your general practitioner's recommendation but we could suggest a change in lifestyle you know it will take exercise GAPS diet, other natural therapies, you know, teach your bowel to work again. It will work again. Your body wants to function properly. It has that self-orientation towards perfect health. If given the proper uh, environment, the proper tools, the proper diet, it will work again. Higher fat diet, uh, exercise, um, keep very well hydrated. The fermented brine, the juices that we ferment vegetables in, um, that helps a lot. And you will eventually get your colon to move by itself. Um, one, one, of the, one of the things what, what I really like in terms of, you know, you've mentioned exercises, Chris. Um, I love yoga. And if you, if you just go on YouTube and just type yoga for constipation, you will have a lot of a lot of uh, great examples of of what kind of asanas asanas are you know yoga um, poses mm-hmm. uh, what poses you could you could do to kind of start moving your bowels uh, and obviously you know one of the things what I would like to mention as well just um, switch off your expectations so if you do yoga for let's say 15 minutes and you're expecting that you're going to poop after 15 minutes um it's like a vicious kind of um cycle you're not going to poop it's it's, it's a kind of long-term solution but if you do it every day 10-15 minutes a day um your bowels uh, will become kind of more fit more flexible um, it will help kind of moving that fecal matter along your um, uh, uh, your lower colon, and it will help um, it will help uh, with the whole digestion. Um, so um, so so try yoga, and also um, think about think about breathing uh, exercises, breathing ex- exercises which are mainly focused on moving lower part of your stomach again you know you can you can go on google and type pranayama for constipation or breathing for constipation and there are plenty of different different exercises but 
think about your colon is 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 exactly the same as any part of of the rest of your body. You know, if you don't move it, it's it gets floppy, it gets you know lazy yeah. and tired. So we need to exercise our our bowels as well. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, I love those. I love those twisting poses in yoga. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One other thing I would just want wanted to mention about the twisting poses: just be very careful if you've got any stricter narrowing, because the twisting poses can can make it worse. Um, so again, just listen to your body, and and uh, it would be best if you actually discuss twisting poses with either yoga teacher who is experienced with uh, with uh, more severe digestive conditions, or, or or speak with experienced GAPS coach who um, who knows the subject um, as well. Um, next question is from uh, from Hannah. Uh, Hannah says basically I tried pretty much everything including magnesium, vitamin C, more fiber, less fiber, NMS, <laughs> digestive enzymes and so on and nothing worked. Oh bless you Hannah, you are you are a real kind of you know fighter there. So um, welcome to the club. Yeah, we've all been there. We've all been there. Don't give up. Yes. So yeah. First of all, Hannah, I would love to do a full analysis on all of your symptoms because there's more to it, believe me. Uh, when we start, you know, taking the layers off, we will get to the root cause. And we can't guess what's happening and what is the root cause. So it's it's a difficult thing to answer. From, for me, for example, I found out my bile wasn't flowing well. Once I started detoxing my liver getting the bio to flow again, then the bio would, you know, flow on to the digesting food and fats and everything started working a little better. So go and check our free resource. Try each thing, as Monica said before, from that list for at least one week. If that does not help, and the last thing is to look for emotional healing, stress, emotional healing. Many people do not realize that constipation means holding on to things, holding mm. on to the past. And once you sort out that emotion, constipation will resolve itself as well. Um, healing is not just diet and exercise. There's, we are we're complex beings um, and diet and exercise can just do so much until you decide to heal, you make peace with your healing journey and you accept the healing, many people are not ready to receive healing either. So it could be that you need to work more on your emotional being as well. And I would just ask one question, you know, um, because what you've said, Chris, is so important, you know, our emotions our emotions are connected with our physical body. So quite often, uh, people who are constipated, um, they're quite often very angry people, and um, but they might not even show their anger. So they might not show their frustration. They might not show the anger. Other people around might be thinking, oh, they they very calm and collected and and so on. But they hold the anger. And um, 
And if you think about yourself, if you have, let's say, a heated discussion or unpleasant discussion, or a discussion with somebody which wasn't even heated, but you walked away and you felt frustrated, angry, or even hurt, and after two, three days, you kind of still thinking about this conversation, you're still kind of analyzing that conversation. This is a good sign that, um, good indicator that, you know, your your liver is, um, is struggling and you hold to the, uh, to that anger, you cannot let it go. And that's connected because that liver is not working, that is also connected with, with the constipation. So if you can let things go mentally, your bowel will let it go physically. Mm-hmm. Uh, few yes. things. What, Chris, from your experience, what's what what kind of things you you've tried to to uh, to do to relieve emotions? Um, well, I love yoga. Mm. I like listening. Um, I have some some sounds. It's not exactly music, but I have um I have some sounds that I got from uh, iTunes. They're like constant humming sounds, like, oh, yeah. And I get into that and I hum with it and I play it when I'm falling asleep. I know we shouldn't have electronics around us, but I don't have any other way to play it. So on occasion, I play that and I fall asleep to it. And it really feels like I have deeper sleep. Mm. I release of those emotions. I love singing. Yeah. Uh, I love being outside in the sun. That helps me. That makes me happy. Um, honest to God, Monica, I love helping people. When I'm engaging with my clients and I see them showing me that they are healing and they're getting better, that makes me happy. So to me, that is part of my healing as well. When I see other people healing, I love that. Yeah. And yeah, that all helps me. Definitely. I can definitely relate to what you said. And there is another thing what, uh, what I absolutely love. I love animals. I love playing with animals, dogs, cuddle with them, kind of, you know, run with them, play with them. Um, because, like, can you actually get angry with a dog which is jumping around you and is like, and it's so happy and that, and that dog doesn't judge you. That dog just loves you. You can't get angry with that dog, right? Oh, yeah. you've, got, you've got lots of love for the dog. Yeah. Um, but are there other kind of, you know, uh, solutions uh, uh, to, to help relieve emotions is um, there is a really good um, therapy called, called uh, trauma release exercises. If you, if you just Google T-R-E, um it's so powerful to release emotions from your uh from your body because you know your emotions are trapped in your uh inside your body and that's one of the beautiful very powerful tool um so working on that may help you to poop uh, more regularly yes it does yeah relaxation meditation good music Mm. Just yeah. remember, remember in podcast one, we were talking about the uh, uh, parasympathetic and sympathetic system and the role of the vagus nerve uh, in regulating the systems 
all you want to do is to be in the rest and digest. If you want to poop regularly, you have to be in the rest and digest um, state. So that's that's the state where you are relaxed. That's the state when you sleep. That's the state state when you uh, when your body digests everything and just allow your body to do their jobs without interfering. Because quite often we just we we just interfere a little bit too much. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of relating to what you've said, Chris, like tap into your intuition and start listening to to what your body needs and wants. Yeah. Yeah. But that's all of the questions for now. Uh, so thank you all for your wonderful questions. Um, we love we love those questions. Uh, please do remember to, to listen to, to the part one of the podcast. And please visit our Facebook group to, to get our free resources. Um, and not only on uh, remedies for constipation, but we've got a lot of other resources and our community is so helpful. We have beautiful people there and everybody just wants to, you know, uh, uh, help each other. And they share, they share the stories, they, they ask questions. Sometimes they share the frustration on the healing journey, which is very important for healing as well. And um, so please do join us or, you know, tag us. Uh, if, you, if you join our group, say hello, don't be shy. And even if you don't say anything, you know, you can, you can, you, um, you can still enjoy the free resources. And Chris, thank you so 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 much uh, for taking You're time. Welcome. And, and it was it was lovely. Yeah. And you, yeah. I hope really people benefit from this. Wish everybody much healing and wish everybody the best. Yeah, absolutely. So um, thank you, our listeners and our members from How to Gaps to make it possible. So please do share this podcast uh, with others who need it, uh, because thanks to you we can. Uh, we can invest our free time in uh, in producing those podcasts and producing those uh, free resources. We are on the mission with Grace to make other people heal. Um, and, and, you know, GAPS is helping with that. Definitely. So Much healing to everyone. Absolutely. Thanks, thanks for having me, Monica. Have a good Saturday. You too, Chris. Thank you so much for your insight. Have a good day. Okay, thanks. Bye.